Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. And good morning, Real Presence Live listeners. Nick Medelsky, Melissa Scaccio here at the one and only St. James Coffee in Rock and Roll Rochester, Minnesota. So happy to be with you this morning. We got a lot of exciting interviews. Uh, we're gonna gonna talk about uh, uh, something that happened to me two uh, two Sundays ago. Something that happened to Melissa last, <laughs> you know, early this morning. Early this morning. <laughs> in a second, uh, we're also gonna talk to a brand new baby priest uh, for the Diocese of New Ulm, Father Tanner Thuft. Uh, Sylvia Dorham uh, has a book uh, for children about Our Lady Undoer of Knots, and then finally wrap things up with Kristen Bird, who'll be one of the presenters at the upcoming Diocese of Winona Rochester Ministry Days. So a lot of exciting things to talk about, but first we should start this program as we start all things in prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Well, I hope everyone had a wonderful Memorial Day. And, uh, Hopefully. Yeah. And so I came in this morning, and Melissa is wearing sunglasses. Yeah, so, it's, uh, it's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> tell, tell uh, you know, what, uh, what happened there? What happened, yeah. If you come in today, you will see me wearing sunglasses inside. Not because it's a fashion statement or it's cool, but I, I did, I fell asleep really late last night. Um, I'm doing a Marian consecration with someone, mm. and we had a really busy day yesterday, so we didn't even start till like 1130, and it was really late. It was so late that when we finished, I just went to sleep with my contacts in. Oh. And then the storm woke me up at like three in the morning and probably thankfully because like the window was open and I needed to close it. And I thought, oh, I'll just take my contacts out. It was a really bad choice. I just moved it and I don't know what happened. My eye has been in pain ever since. I don't know if I messed up my eyelid or my cornea or what I did, but um, light really hurts and... I was uh, kind of late for work this morning because I put an ice pack on my face and fell back asleep and didn't wake up till the alarm went off to leave my house. And then, to make things even better, uh, my daughter came running in with her algebra and was like, Mom, I need some help with math. As I'm like, I'm look already... Look at these tiny numbers. I am already... <laughs> look at these tiny numbers in this book in the light. And, um, yeah, you are already running behind. So, um, so, yeah, it was a really interesting morning. And... Um, I can open my eye now, which is good, but only if I have sunglasses on so I can, yeah, <laughs> have the light filtered out. There you go. And I was going to mention that uh, for those people, uh, I don't know if our listeners know, but I did an interview with them last year and I've been to the shrine, but St. Odelia is the patron saint of, uh, of eye issues oh. along with St. Lucy. But St. Odelia Shrine is light right at the uh, uh, foot of Lake Malak. Interesting. Uh, so it's a, a nice little shrine there. Uh, kind of, you would you'd almost miss it if you didn't know it was if there. If you didn't know it was there. But we stopped there, and it's it's just beautiful. They have beautiful stained glass windows that tell, like, about her life, because I'd never really heard of St. Odelia before. I not either. Um, 
you know, but hey, we have her shrine in Minnesota, so oh, not that far really north cool. of the city. So wow, and like, is that for eye injury or just ailments yeah, I, of the I eye diseases? I I things. Oh, good! I have someone to pray to for intercession yeah. today. And if uh, if anyone's headed up that way up north in Minnesota, it's like I said, right there at the foot of Lake Malak. I can't remember the name of the town right now off the top of my head, but um, the one of the brothers gave us a tour. He even blessed us with the relic at the end. Oh wow! It's really nice. So. Um, especially if you give them a call ahead of time. You never sure. know what's hiding. We just happened to stumble in while they were praying Vespers. Oh. <laughs> and the, the brother stumbled out. He's like, uh, can I help you? And he said, oh, we were just driving through. thought we'd stop by for a visit. Oh, okay. And he said, first I have to apologize because they're all in, like, T-shirts and shorts and stuff. They're like, this is at the end of the day, so usually we've been working all day, so we don't really get dressed back up. Dressed like, back up, yeah. yeah. I promise you, if you come for morning mass, if you come. <laughs> we look a little different. <laughs> we look a little different, but right now we're all kind of in our civvies, so. Um Oh, cool. Yeah, I guess oh, yeah. I, I didn't know that was there. There are so many little hidden gems all over the place. You yeah. just don't know about until someone tells you. Yeah. The one I want to get to is the uh, the Grasshopper Chapel. I don't, I don't know, know if you heard of that one. That? It's out by St. Cloud somewhere. Apparently, these farmers, they kept four years in a row, they had grasshoppers eat all of their crops. Oh, my gosh. So they built a chapel to Our Lady and said, Mary, stop the grasshoppers. And it worked. So. Like, oh, what year was that? Like, that must, <laughs> like, have, that must have been a long time ago. Late 19th century, I think, something like oh, okay. that. But, yeah, but it's still there. So, but, you know, um, I, that that is awesome. Like, I'm I'm excited about that one now. Yeah. I don't know. I have a thing with grasshoppers. Like, um, ever since my husband died a long time ago, um, grasshoppers come near me. It's weird, and I can touch them. Like, I can pet them. And so I don't know if that is... It's probably kind of heretical, but you know, somehow that's communication from purgatory. Maybe I don't. I don't know, but I just started noticing grasshoppers in really weird places, like on the gas pump and like on my car door, and and they just don't go away. I just I pet them. I I have videos of myself petting them, and yeah, I don't know what the deal with grasshoppers is. So that chapel would be perfect for me. There you go. Yeah. So it's uh, Assumption Assumption Chapel. On the outskirts of Cold Spring, Minnesota, which is kind of near St. Cloud area. Also, up there too. Because I just too. looked it up the other day. So we could do like a weird small like shrine chapel tour, like and yeah. just kind of swing around and see what we can find yeah, up there. there. You go. Yeah. Good deal. So uh, if you're just joining us now, we're kind of rambling. <laughs> talking about different <laughs> My morning. Cool Catholic stuff. Um, Nick Medelsky, Melissa Scaccio here at St. James Coffee in Rochester, Minnesota. And it's so nice. Nick is wearing flip flops. That's yeah, the first thing right? I noticed. Yep. You got out of the car, and I'm like, "Oh, he doesn't. He's got flip flops uh, on today." I, I feel more Franciscan. Yes, you know, I can wear my <laughs> flip flops. Um, it's it's nice that it's warmed up. Oh yes, you know, oh, the weather's been much better. Yeah, and uh, hopefully the storms calm down. Yes, that, <laughs> that's not that's the that's the downside of when things start to warm up is you got that big temperature difference and all yeah. the the storms. But anyway, um, so. One of the things that uh, that I had mentioned, and actually uh, Heather, who's our uh, head of production, asked if I wouldn't mind talking about a little bit on the air. And feel free to interject with questions. Oh, sure. I to, I'll have uh, many, I'm sure. <laughs> so uh, two weekends ago, so that was the 16th, 15th, somewhere in there, uh, I was, or uh, well, blessed as a candle bearer, tonsured as a cleric, and then ordained a reader um, and cantor in the Ukrainian Catholic Church. So our bishop from Chicago was out for a visit, and uh, he uh, 
he or ordained, right? Even though it's minor orders, it's not deacon, priest, uh, anything like that. It's still considered an ordination for us um, to the order of reader, which is kind of like the first step on the ladder um, in the, the minor orders up to deacon and then maybe priest, you know, however far it goes. Mm-hmm. However far we let this thing go. <laughs> oh, however far God wants <laughs> to take it. However far you. God takes it, yeah, um, and bishop allows. So, um it was, it was uh, really really a, an interesting blessing and an interesting experience. I, uh, I liked afterwards because we also had our bishop was coming to town. We had minor ordinations, and then also um, it was our, uh, we were celebrating our patron's feast day. So we're St. Constantine Parish, and it was around the Feast of St. Constantine. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had our, a big, uh, big banquet afterwards um in the gym so so is it, it like, like like we have like ordination masses in the roman catholic right was it just spe- was it just like normal sunday and then all this extra stuff added on or so is it, this it was a special actually one? this all happens before okay liturgy started because so it's a really long day we're um for the minor orders so for um candle bearer which isn't really a minor order i guess I'm, well what does it do, do you, still learning all this stuff <laughs> do you walk in with the candles like is that what that means no we got handed a candle okay um so basically what happens is it's it's really interesting it was really cool and my, it was funny because uh my wife maria said everyone was like really excited that bishop was there because it's a whole like formal thing like they processed with him from the rectory to the front doors. He was greeted with a loaf of bread. Father had the speech. We had the the elders of the parish gave him a a little speech of welcome, and Bishop said, thank you for welcoming me. The Father handed him a blessing cross. He blessed everyone. You know, like it was a big deal. And then Bishop gets to get dressed in front of everyone at the front of church, so he gets vested Oh, in front of everyone? Okay. which is kind of cool. And uh, so, so all that happens... And then we get around to the the ordination part, so it's it's kind of cool because there's it's a whole service like the um, ordinarily be a deacon, but we don't have a deacon right now. Mm-hmm. Reads off these prayers, uh, you know, as the bishop puts on his different vestments and things like that. So it's kind of cool. So it's kind of because like, like the priests do that in the Roman Catholic, right? As they they have a prayer for right. everything they put on that kind right, of thing. Yeah, but the, but this it was read out loud. Oh, for so, everyone. so for everyone. So everyone so. could hear. Yeah. Well, that's always nice to know what's going on. <laughs> so uh, that was kind of cool. Of course, it was in Ukrainian, so you know you'd have to speak Ukrainian for that part to, to know what's to know going what on. was going on. Uh, but it was really a really kind of a cool experience because uh, it was funny afterwards when I was at the banquet. This lady said, "You know that was really cool. I've never seen that before." I said, "Neither have I." So <laughs> first time for both of us, um, which was kind of cool. The night before. Um, uh, we had vespers with Bishop, and then he, we did like a little run-through practice. And Bishop said, he said, the most important thing is to be calm. If you do something wrong, I will tell you, and I will tell you what the right thing to do is. He said, I am the Holy Spirit. I am like the Holy Spirit. I am. I will guide you. So don't worry about that. <laughs> okay. Well, that yeah, that make you feel better. And that's uh, that uh, yeah, that helped a lot because. <laughs> Because I was like, I'm going to mess this up. I don't know. Like, I've read through the thing, but I've never seen it in person. And I can watch videos, but everyone does it slightly differently and mm-hmm. all that. But he was very good about come here, go there, take this. <laughs> you know? A guide, it's, a true shepherd. It was really good. And it's funny, too, because now I notice it more when I watch Bishop at 
liturgies at different parishes with even the priests. He'll be like, okay, you come here. You mm-hmm. go here. Come over here. I have to tell you to do something. Because <laughs> you know, now you're aware. It's, like when, not, you're, it's yeah. like when someone's driving a white car and you're waiting for it and every car is white. Now, yeah, now exactly. you're like, oh my gosh, right? look at all the stuff he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, no one noticed before. And you don't, you don't realize it either because you know, everything looks so seamless from far away. But when you're close up, it's like, no, you, you come here. No, you do this. You do that. You know, And it's, it's very, you know, it's, it's not like... Um, rude or anything right you know Mm -hmm. but he's very much like you know just being helpful about like okay we're gonna do this now we're gonna so it was kind of cool and uh this has been three years uh that we've taken classes so So like formation like yeah in formation with the mission institute which uh our diocese right stretches all the way from uh detroit to california so we have guys in the program from chicago from detroit from Oregon from California so we're all over the place so we were doing the whole zoom classes before mm-hmm. covid made zoom a thing so otherwise do you guys get together for class ever i mean that'd be a lot of we, uh, travel we do a retreat once a year okay so you do and, you have uh, met these people yeah 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 the real people <laughs> the real yeah, people the real people and then uh two i have two well now three uh classmates who are at our parish oh okay as well so it was kind of cool when we moved here because I already sort of knew them through classes and meeting at the retreat and things like that. So it was kind of nice to feel like we belonged at the parish already because we sort of knew someone. Um, but uh, one of my classmates, uh, Dr. Yuri Ivan, who we've had on the show before to talk about the Byzantine Choral Festival, he's a doctor of music. Um, so he's a conductor for a symphony up in the cities um, and different things like that. He was ordained alongside me. Oh, so, cool. So how many of there um, were you? So there were just two here, and then there were four who went to Chicago. Okay, so there were like um, six of the you next the whole oh, yep. so together. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then three of the guys in Chicago are from Oregon, and one is from Chicago. But you that's think they would have done it in Oregon. Well, that's where the <laughs> cathedral is, so that's where they decided to do it. It just so happened Bishop was already planning a trip here, oh, which is so why we did out. it here in Minneapolis. And it was very last minute. <laughs> very last minute. I think it was like a week, maybe two before that I got an email back that said, yes, Bishop has accepted your request and he will ordain you when he's at St. Constantine. It's surprise. All right, cool. <laughs> awesome. And then it wasn't really clear if we were just doing the candle bearer part, if we were doing reader too, um, until literally the night before. And I said, oh, we're doing both? And they said, yeah. Oh, Is like that fine? Yeah, sure. Flying by the seat of the pants. <laughs> and I like the night before, Bishop said, are you ready? And I said, I'm <laughs> nope. as ready as I'll ever be. And he gave me this look, and then he's like, he gave me a smile. He's like, yes, I, you know, that, that's that's the way to do it. Oh, that's awesome. He's very, because uh, he was a, a monk before he became bishop, and he was the leader of a monastery in Ukraine. And uh, so he's very mystical sometimes with things. Like, you'll ask him, so, so Bishop, what's, like, the plan on this or whatever? He's like... It will be what God allows it to be. It's kind of like talking to Yoda. Like <laughs> sometimes, sometimes. It's like you're looking at him and you're like, what? But but sometimes you can tell he's, he's kind of messing with you, too, because he'll get the little twinkle in his eye and you're like, Aww. yeah, Bishop. Okay. So um, anyway, I'll talk a little bit more about uh, maybe the ceremony itself. Oh, yeah, I have and, questions. And things like that after we come back from the break here on Real Presence Live. Thanks for sticking with us. Um, wonderful St. James Coffee. I'm drinking some wonderful St. James Coffee uh, here in Rock and Roll Rochester, so stay tuned. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. 
Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com slash contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with a creative gift planning tip. Have interruptions impacted your charitable giving? If you feel like you have less to give this year or are waiting until you get through these recent challenges, we want to let you know about some creative gift options that won't cost you a dime this year. For example, you could designate Real Presence Radio as the beneficiary of all or percentage of your IRA or make RPR beneficiary of a percentage of your estate or specific asset. Make a bequest commitment gift this year without impacting your savings or investments. To learn more about the benefits of making a charitable bequest, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director of Riverview Place. I've worked my entire career in healthcare as a social worker in the hospital, skilled nursing, and hospice settings. I love my job. Not only do I get to work with a caring, dedicated team that displays human kindness to every resident, it's a privilege to offer seniors a lifestyle that reminds me of what it felt like to grow up in the small rural town of Buffalo, North Dakota. To join our faith-based community, call us today for a tour at 701-412-1952. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. And welcome back, Real Presence Live listeners. Nick Modelski, Melissa Scaccio here at the one and only St. James Coffee in wonderful Rochester, Minnesota on a beautiful blue sky morning uh, out here in Rochester. It's a Nice day. It was kind of cloudy the past few days. Mm-hmm. A little stormy uh, this morning and, and overnight, but uh, we're doing pretty good um, today. Looks like nice weather and, and blue skies ahead. So uh, if you're just joining us, uh, we have a, a great show today with a lot of great guests coming up later on, but now you kind of have to suffer. <laughs> you have to put up with us. <laughs> you have to put up with us and, and hear about our, our life story. So uh, before the break, I was talking about uh, my recent experience uh, two weekends ago of being ordained to the minor order of reader in the uh, Ukrainian Catholic Church uh, at my parish, St. Constantine in Minneapolis. So uh, talking a little bit about that, what that means, what it looks like, those sorts of things. Yeah, so so I have have a question. So um, I was telling you before we started, every once in a while the reader just doesn't come up to the ambo at church, and the priest is just like, fill in. And um, I would presume that can't happen in the Ukrainian church then, because you have to actually be like ordained to be no. able to go up there or no, it can totally happen it's it can just, just like happen. in the roman catholic because in the in the roman catholic church right you still have the uh what do you call it the the ministry that you have instituted lectors right yeah. that's part of the uh process for men who are becoming priests or deacons and actually they recently kind of pope francis kind of opened it up last year i think to where women can be instituted as lectors not 
not obviously to continue on to deacon and, yeah, but, and yeah. priest, but instituted as a lecture. So it is a an instituted ministry in the Western Church. Um, in, in the Ukrainian Catholic Church, it, it's an ordained ministry. Usually it's as a step uh, forward, but I have met ordained uh, readers before who that's their service to the parish. That's what they do. And uh, we have a long tradition of... Um, Cantors, especially because music is so important mm-hmm. to our liturgy, that that's kind of like the the next main guy um, at our parish. Which Dr. Yuri Ivan, who was ordained alongside me, he's the the cantor and the uh, choir director at our parish. So it's really important because that person is responsible for putting together all of the texts for liturgy, which of course now in the age of the internet and digital files is a lot easier because, oh, easier, yeah. because the upper key sends out a, uh, a cheat sheet every, uh, mm-hmm. for every Sunday. That's like, Hey, here's the text. Here's what you do. Here's how you put them together. But, uh, especially in even, you know, 50 years ago, it involves a lot of different books to put together. Um, so that was, uh, so almost like a the liturgical part. minister, like in the Roman Catholic, yeah, right? kind of like yeah. like we put together the music and then, right, yeah, present it, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and our uh, our we don't really use like hymns, so they're all very much designated. They are hymns, but they're not like hymns you think of in the Roman Catholic. Not Church. like turn to page six hundred twenty-one yeah, exactly. in the Blue Gather book. Kind exactly. Of Ours are very much like today, like this past weekend was the Sunday of the Fathers of the First Ecumenical Council. So you had certain hymns about how terrible Arius was and how he was denounced at the council. Like, these are the ones that you you sing on that day. You know what I mean? It's very much... Very specific. uh, You know, but uh, to different melodies and stuff, so... That's kind of what the reader and cantor is responsible for. It's kind of Gregorian chantish, isn't it? A little bit. A little bit. Yeah. It's similar, but it's very much... um, you know, like this is, we have a cycle of what we call tones. So, like every uh, eight weeks, it repeats itself. Oh, okay. That are the melodies as well as texts. And then, if it's a special feast, then you pull in this other text. Oh, and sometimes gotcha. you, they stack on top of each other. So, usually, you only have like two of these, but this last weekend, we had like five or six just because it, so many of them lined up at the same time. Because <laughs> it was, you know, uh, Sunday after the Ascension, and then these ecumenical mm-hmm. council, and the, you know, so uh, sometimes it gets a little confusing. And I'm grateful that I'm not the one responsible for all of it because Doctor uh, Yuri very much knows all this stuff, and he can put it together in his head a lot faster than I can because you know he's musically trained. Yeah, musically <laughs> like trained. That's that. helpful. <laughs> um, but uh, but uh, I think this past weekend was the first time that I really like formally helped. Uh, with the singing, I've always kind of, you know, informally, and man, I was out of breath by the end. Because <laughs> our entire liturgy from start to finish is sung. We recite the uh, the creed, but uh-huh. that's it. The rest of it is all sung. And is how much of it's in Ukrainian? We actually usually go to the, the English. Oh, you do the uh, English? So on Saturday evenings, if anyone's in Minneapolis and wants to stop by, Saturday evenings at 3.30, we start with Vespers, and then around 4, Divine Liturgy, which is our word for Mass, uh, starts around 4. And it's all in English for the most part. We might do a little Ukrainian at the end, um, but for the most part, it's all English. Oh, it's all English, yeah. And then Sunday morning, 8 o'clock, I think they do, I think it's recited at that point in time. yeah, that's in English, and then ten o'clock is the full 
usually all Ukrainian, if it's a big feast, it'll be Ukrainian and English mixed together. Mm -hmm. But that's with the full choir, which is really, really something to witness. We, uh, like we a high went, mass kind of thing? Yeah. And we, uh, you know, I, I understand a little bit of Ukrainian, not perfectly, especially not like, you know, fancy liturgical terms and, and things like that, theological mm-hmm. terms. But just sitting there and letting the music wash over you is is truly an experience I'd, I'd recommend to anyone. Even if you don't understand a lick of Ukrainian, we have booklets, you know, so you can follow around. You know, mm-hmm. it's Ukrainian on one side, English on the other, so you can follow along in there. Um, it's something to experience if you haven't done. Well, because you said once that, like, you felt like when you went to a Ukrainian church, like, that was how your heart was meant to worship. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, I can't even imagine what that <laughs> Like, I almost kind of hope I wouldn't go to one and then feel the same way, because, number one, and then, then I'd have, have to, to drive. Out of your way to do it. Yeah. And then it's a lot, much bigger chunk of my Sunday. But, yeah. you know, if that's the, if that would be it, then, you know, where where your heart is, like, that's where you got to be. Yeah, yeah. And that's, uh, it's it's truly a blessing to live here in Minnesota. And, I mean, we drive an hour and 15 minutes usually, uh, one way to get up there to the cities. Um, and we go on Saturday just because that's what works for us. Um, but in Michigan, we had a parish that was an hour and a half away, but it was in Canada. Oh. So we went until COVID started, and then you couldn't go anymore. But we'd go once a month or so. Um, but now it's nice to live closer and not have to cross international borders. Um, you know? Like when you're at the border and you're like, I'm going to Mass. <laughs> like, yeah. I can't imagine they'd be like, what? <laughs> like, why are you coming driving back, to Canada? Coming back one time, the immigration officer asked me, he said, why were you in Canada? I said, well, we went to church. You drive that far to church every... I was like, no, just for special days. He's like, oh, okay. And gave me this look like... Yeah, yeah, that sounds shady. Should we check your car? <laughs> so I so I smuggled holy water across the border, but you know, and then there was one time that because uh, the the pastor there is really good about having um, big uh, the the agape meal, uh, so a big uh, meal afterwards after certain feasts. So they have the the pierogi and the cabbage rolls and the, all that. So um, I did smuggle some of that back across the border too and beat soup. Hopefully that's so. not illegal. Yeah, hopefully not. Uh, I thought I wouldn't trouble them with like, well, it's this Ukrainian dumpling thing and, you know, <laughs> you guys try to explain it? that, right? <laughs> yeah, do you want to try it? Does that work? Is that a bribe? What, you know, so. <laughs> well, I'm going to jail now. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, but it's it's truly a blessing to be able to worship, you know, uh, like I, you know, like you said, the, the way my heart feels called to worship. And it was, uh, it was really cool, you know, that this the ceremony rite, whatever the correct word is for it, uh, was really cool too because it, you know, it was just something felt right, mm-hmm. and, you know, just like anyone who's like peace came discerning um, holy orders or or whatever. I'll tell you, they're not worthy. You know, it's not a feeling like yes, mm-hmm. this is my graduation. This is what I have worked so hard for or something like that. It's this total and utter feeling of I'm not worthy, but I know I'm where I'm supposed to be. It's mm-hmm. a really weird experience, you know. It's humbling. Yeah, exactly. Like, Why is God choosing me? Exactly. I'm like, I don't know all the, you know, I don't know perfectly these tones and uh, you know, but but I'm willing to to go where I'm supposed to. So, um it was really a so, really cool. So what kind of led you to, so you, it took three years. That's a long time for formation. I know my dad tried to enter the diaconate, and he's not good at doing homework on time. <laughs> and my mom was like, eh, you, you definitely, you can't. Like, she was not super on board with it because she knows what a procrastinator he is. But that was going to be a two-year program. So three, 
is very long. And like, what, what kind of inspired you to step forward and be like, Hey, this is what I want. I want, I want to enter and be ordained. Well, it's kind of weird because it's had a lot of different steps and twists and turns. And it's weird to tell people that at a certain point, even when I was considering becoming a Franciscan friar, I still thought I just want to be a deacon Mm -hmm. for a while. Not just, but you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, Be a deacon for a while and then discern whether I was called further to priesthood or not. Um, And kind of in a funny way, you know, God does that things to uh, those things to us. Um, I'm a Franciscan now, right? As a second (laughs) Franciscan and now discerning the diaconate. And it was, um, you know, just that, that role of service and just, the the spirituality of the diaconate uh, really spoke to me. Just that that nature of being configured to Christ the servant and serving as sort of that bridge between the laity and the and the clergy. Not that there really needs to be a bridge, but you know, just kind of a foot in both worlds sort of thing that I really felt felt called to in a way. Again, you know, not worthy or mm-hmm. like you know, specially qualified or anything, but yeah. but very much called to to go that direction. And as I was kind of thinking about inquiring with the diaconate program in the Roman Catholic Diocese we lived in, I was talking to um, a friend of mine from college who's in formation for the uh, Byzantine Catholic Church, which is another Eastern Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, oh, man, I can't wait. You know, if, if I'm ordained a deacon, then maybe I can be by ritual and do both. And they said, well, who, what you need to think about that. Which do you really want to do? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I got nothing wrong with the Roman Catholic, but you know, like the Ukrainian Catholic church has always spoken to my heart and everything. They're like, then why don't you become Ukrainian Catholic and look into that program? Mm-hmm. And providentially around that time was when they started accepting applications <laughs> to the program. It's so funny how it falls in your lap way. like that. Exactly. So yeah. it was one of those where you can't, you can't ignore it. Right? Yep. yep. It was right it. in front of your face, and if you run, he probably would have just drug you right back. Exactly. Exactly. So. No Jonahing for you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, it's been a process, and and I'll I'll admit I'm very much a procrastinator. I drive my wife nuts with it. Oh, I am um, too. Professional <laughs> level. Oh, absolutely. Because she'll be like, "Did you write your paper yet?" No, nah, I got like another week. Did you write your paper yet? Um, so uh, thank you. Thank you to my beautiful wife, Maria, for keeping me on, on track with those things. Complimentary. Making sure yes. I get those things done. So, um, But it's definitely been a process, and it's still in process because uh, we have another year of classes. And then hopefully at the end of next year, uh, the subdiaconate, which is the last of the minor orders for us. And then it's kind of open-ended when the diaconate happens, pretty much when my pastor feels that 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 it's appropriate, mm-hmm. which may just happen to be the next time Bishop is in town. I don't know. <laughs> so, just um, might happen. You know, it's one of those things. If it all comes together so when it's supposed to. A preview of coming attractions. Mm-hmm. Oh, so we'll do another interview about exactly, it. Exactly. So. When that happens in a year or so. There you go. So uh, we're at the bottom of the hour. If you're just tuning in, Nick Medelsky, Melissa Scaccio here at the one and only St. James Coffee and Rock and Roll Rochester. After the break. We'll be talking to uh, one of the newly ordained for the Diocese of New Ulm, Father Tanner Thuft. So stay tuned. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 